Hello and welcome to They Just Get It. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm, and I have a very special guest on with me today, Ms. Karen Cahey, the Executive Director of the ALS Society of Alberta. How are you doing, Karen? Oh, really good. Good morning, Tyler. Thank you. Good morning to you. It is a beautiful, and I'm not sure when this will air in a few days, but uh, from my current vantage point, there is not a cloud in the sky right now. And I am always guilty. I am definitely a nice weather day puts me in a great space. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I am affected by the weather. I try not to affect me when it's negative, but when it's positive, I'll ride that ride all day long. Let's, let's dive right into it. ALS Society of Alberta. You guys have the Betty's Run coming up, which is, I think, 24 years. It's coming up on June, tw June 21st, I believe. Yes. And it's an interesting world. We're coming out of, we're coming out of, I say that very optimistically, the Alberta government just launched, uh, just announced the stage two of coming out of this pandemic. Um, before we get into a little bit about ALS, understanding the society and what you do, how has it been for you guys going through, you know, what has been, you know, an incredibly challenging time for, for everyone, let alone people that are living with challenges? Yeah. Um, it's, it's been definitely uh, for sure a challenge for our families that are living, you know, um, in the community, in their homes and trying to deal with COVID at the same time. You know, however, it's an amazing, resilient community um, where we just want people to stay safe. Uh, we've continued what we can do is providing equipment and providing our support to families. We've, you know, changed how we're doing things and, and we'll do it daily if we need to. So I think we just are following, you know, making sure that we're being safe, our families are safe. And, mm -hmm. but services and supports are still provided because ALS doesn't stop. It doesn't stop because COVID hit us. Um, and yeah. I think it's important that people are supported. Uh, am I, I'm, I'm going to make a few assumptions just in the sense of, I'll say it. And if you can correct me, <laughs> if obviously, if you're, if you're suffering from ALS, does that, I, I'm assuming that puts you in a compromised immune position in terms of your body, like less capable of fighting off something like a, uh, like a COVID virus. Oh, most certainly. And especially if it hits the respiratory. So um, it is, people are most certainly their immune systems are compromised greatly. So, because my understanding and like from you and I having some past chats, it, this is a very hands-on support and I know it's anything they need, but this mm -hmm. is, it must've been a challenge for you not being able to go into homes and not being able oh. to physically help people. Cause that's yeah. a huge part of uh, kind of what I understand that you guys do. Yes, it's been a huge shift and especially because ALS and, and you know, pre-COVID, it's so hands-on, it's so communicate face-to-face, -face, see people face-to-face, -face, go to their homes, be the, you know, be that connection with individuals. And so it's been a huge challenge. And, you know, we're, we've been using the Zoom and other ways to reach out with our families and connect. Mm. Um, but I, I do think it's, you know, safety has been our number one priority. You know, we do have equipment that's going out. That's critical. Um, the the need for equipment is really important and in a timely fashion. So we've been able to do that safely with vendors that are following the Alberta workplace guidance. So, you know, we just have to make sure things are in place. And you know yeah. what? If we have to change tomorrow, we change tomorrow. <laughs> I, I Yes, I appreciate it. I heard what you yeah. said loud and clear. The, the ALS doesn't stop because no. of something. So no. we just then have to be as adaptable as we can. And Exactly. And, you know, from our, from our past, you, you know, you mentioned, I just have some numbers in front of me, 1,600 pieces of equipment that you actually have out in the field to help families. That's a significant, yeah. uh, that's, that's a huge infrastructure that you're providing for the, for, for these families to be able to, and I'm assuming that ranges everything from wheelchairs to like kind of what would make up a little, just to give people an, an idea of the breadth of services that you guys support with. Um, it could be anything from a power wheelchair. It could be a porch lift that we install to, for mm. people to get into, in and out of their home. Could be stair lifts. It could be communication devices. Um, we lent out some iPads because, of course, people that were living in facilities couldn't reach out to their families. You know, anything from and 
um, any piece of equipment. We have portable lifters. So our program is really to fill in the gaps that current uh, other programs don't provide. And so, and we can do it very quickly. You know, we have the ability to get it out pretty fast. You know, COVID slowed us down a bit, but we're still doing it. Um, and we'll still ensure that that happens. That's, oh, that's so fun. I love what you said about we fill in the gaps because, yeah. you know, you're, you're partnering with the Alberta Health Services with all the different, we have such a, we're so fortunate where we live in the world that I know there's, it's easy sometimes yeah. to complain about our healthcare system, but I wouldn't trade it for, for too many others. No. Let's, put it, let's no. put it that way. I just, you said something, you said a few things that really resonated with me, stair lifts, porch lifts, motorized wheelchair. These are expensive pieces yes. of equipment. Yeah. Uh, how are, um, are you guys, uh, again, I'm really getting into the nuts and bolts here, but yeah. uh, is this, does there government funding? Is this fear? Is this purely through donors? I know we're a little bit leading up to Betty's run, which I know is yeah. one of your bigger annual events for fundraising, yeah. but this is like the, 1600 pieces of equipment. When you include some of the items that you mentioned, yeah. that these are, these are, these are not low cost items. How do you guys, no. like, how do you guys navigate that in this world where it seems like the dollar needs to get yeah. stretched farther and farther every day? Yeah, it, it's definitely a challenge. We are totally privately funded by donors and by our events. We don't receive any government funding. And, you know, in, in terms of that, you know, the power chairs can can cost upwards around, you know, twenty-eight to $29,000. Um, but we do the best we can by recycling those chairs and our hospital beds. So, you know, it, it is a challenge for sure it is. But we, we've been very fortunate in the past with some very um, supportive members out of the community. And we live in Alberta. And Alberta has been so supportive of us as an organization, but as the ALS community in general. So, you know, um, but it, it is a costly program, but it's a much needed program as well. When someone needs a piece of equipment, they needed it last week. So yeah. because yeah. ALS can progress so rapidly. Uh, that's so interesting. You, you really hit me with the 30 because you see those chairs. Like I, I think we can all picture when we think yeah. of a motorized wheelchair to think that yeah. that's $30,000, the yeah. price of the price of a, of an economic, like a, not even you can get a mid range car for $30,000. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, it's, it, but it, it does make the difference of people getting out of their home. People that are affected by ALS, they're living with ALS. And that's important that they live the best possible way. And and many want many people want to stay at home with their families. So how can we make that happen? And by porch lifts or by stair lifts, ways to get in and out of their house, ways to get move around in their house. Um, the other item we offer is scooters. You know, hopefully when COVID lifts, people can get out of their house. And you know that's important. You know that you know we've had people that have they've had their little dog perched in the little basket and they've gone for a walk. Well, how many of us take take that for granted. We just go outside, but people need equipment to do that. For like, just, I keep the word freedom is resonating with me. Like the yeah. things that we take for granted. And yeah. we'll talk a little bit today about the, you know, seize the day for ALS campaign that's happening right now. And like you said, it's not, you know, it, it, it it's, it's the $30,000 a motorized wheelchair or scooter that feels like kind of the big thing, but what that allows them to create are these little micro moments that we, I'll be blunt. I take for granted that I can just yeah. go for a walk around the block if I just need some fresh air. And yeah. you know, when you think about that being taken away and it's funny, you just talking about freedom. I grew up in a rural community in Quebec. <laughs> I remember at 16, like getting your driver's license was freedom. So I think right. of like the car <laughs> equivalent to my motorized wheelchair, like that is freedom. And like, it's your, you're aspiring constantly or else, you know, you can only go as far as your bike can take you. But man, when you get that next level, level of freedom, it, it's kind of like a graduation and to have to be, you know, dealing with something like ALS and have that taken away from you. It, it, it brings it home for me just as, you know, because when you make things personal, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can relate. Right. Um, well, to talk to me, like 
again, I'm going to plead my ignorance a little bit. What, yeah. Like, what is ALS? Like, let's yeah. maybe just get a little bit of understanding and give the audience a view into like, what is this act? Like, good old acronyms. Yeah. <laughs> we live in a town of, <laughs> of acronyms. So ALS, maybe what does it stand for? But yeah. more importantly, like, what what is it and how does it affect people? So ALS, it, it stands for, it, it's the shortened acronym for amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. And it, it ALS is a rapid fatal neuromuscular um, degenerative degenerative disease that gradually paralyzes the body because the brain can no longer communicate to the muscles of the body. So over time, the muscles um, of the body break down. So somebody living with ALS will lose the ability to walk, to talk, to swallow, and to and, and eventually to breathe. Um, there's no cure at this point and extremely limited treatment options. Um, and approximately 80% of people that are diagnosed with ALS die within, die within two to five years. Oh, you said 80%. 80%. So, wow. That's, you know, am I, am I correct? Is, is ALS also is uh, used to be referred to Lou Gehrig's disease? Are those, yes. are those one in the, okay. They are one in the same. I wasn't sure. Yeah, okay. It's, it's referred to Lou Gehrig's disease, but as, as people, as we all get older, the younger people are going, who is Lou Gehrig? <laughs> yeah, that's a baseball player, but that's all I know. That's, that's all I know. Because I was talking to my wife about it again. Just I always like to, you know, uh, uh, focus group of one. Say, oh, I'm having this conversation. She's like, well, what is the ALS? She goes, is that Lou Gehrig's disease? I'm like, I'm not yes. sure if it's the same thing. Yeah. And just you know, uh, uh, the misunderstandings and some things. But it it is it is that. And but it's evolved because, like you said, who's Lou Gehrig? Yes, <laughs> but and also known as a motor neuron disease as well. So the two kind okay. of people know that as the most common. Yeah. Okay. And you said no, 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 we don't know what causes it. There's no cure and 80% no. of people uh, do not survive it beyond two to five years. That's yes, a pretty, yeah. that is very real. And is it afflicted? Like do, is this, is there a geography? Is there any kind of, I'm just curious, like, is there, is it Northern hemisphere, Southern, I know some diseases, different parts of the world are more prevalent or is this more of a, is this, unfortunately I'm saying it this way, a global, a yeah. global situation? I would say global. I mean, there is a percentage, there's approximately 3000 Canadians right now living with ALS. And in Alberta, we, last year we supported about 423 and that's pretty consistent. You know, we, we, we haven't seen a huge spike, but there are pockets in Alberta where we've seen uh, we have no, more individuals, and that's not just urban and versus rural. That could be some rural communities. But, you know, what does that mean? Is it because, you know, the age group doesn't mean, you know, just right. people happen to be living in that particular area. So, And is it old, young? Does it, uh, I'm assuming like a lot of diseases, it doesn't discriminate, unfortunately? No, it doesn't. I mean, the stats or the, the clinicians say it's between you know, the age of, I think, 40 to 50 is where, or 45 to 55, usually in males. But, you know, we see, we have individuals, we had an individual as young as 18, that was a few years ago up north. And then we've had young people in their late 20s and early 30s in the last three years. So it varies, it could vary, mm. right? Which makes it even more challenging because yes. I know like anything, you're trying to find patterns and trying to find consistencies that yeah. like, oh, it's this group. So you can try to narrow in. Yeah. Uh, you shared this to me when we were chatting offline that there's been a recent evolution in terms of um, uh, what I understand from yourself, a move forward in terms of a new drug that's come to market to help with, with quality of life. That's just, just yeah. recently been recognized in Alberta as something that's eligible to be supported by health plans. Is that correct? Yes, this is really, it was really a great news uh, story. So in October, 2018, uh, the drug called Adarivo was approved by Health Canada. Sorry, Adaravone? yes. Okay. Yeah. And it was known to kind of slow a bit of the progression of ALS that it's been, this is the only the second drug in 20 years that has been approved for ALS treatment. 
Um, oh, so this was a significant, like something to be celebrated. This wow. was a significant um, groundbreaking research that came out or the, the, uh, the, drug, the drug trial that happened. And then in Alberta, so as of June 1st this year, it has been approved um, through the provincial drug plan, which is huge because across Absolutely. Canada, um, this is only the third province. So Ontario, Quebec, now Alberta is the third province that has approved it. So, um, but you know, I, I believe a lot of that had to do with, too, we have some really strong advocates across Alberta, a lot of families that were, um, you know, very positively advocating with government and really to get the drug approved. So this has been groundbreaking. So as of June 1st, that was the big announcement, which is great. That is, uh, I love talking about something like June 1st. That was just the other day. Like, yes. this just happened. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. An interesting timing because I know the summer also is a is a is a key time for you from a let's be honest from a fundraising perspective and awareness because yeah. those those two things go go hand in hand. Karen, how long have you been involved with the ALS Society yourself? Because clearly something you're very passionate about. You can hear it coming through in your voice loud and clear. Um, I just finished my 13th year here um, with the society. That, congratulations, that's amazing. Yes, thank you. It's been uh, an amazing opportunity, and um, I get to work with the most amazing families across this province and amazing staff team. So I feel very fortunate. And I think as I shared with you offline, this has been my dream career and job. And it's not a job. Well, it, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's not a job. It's, it's really an opportunity to really connect with people and work with families. And, and if we can make a little bit of a difference, then I think we've done, we're doing okay. We just need to continue to make big differences. Well, back to the concept of seize the day. Uh, yeah. It's the, it's the little things like you know something like a drug being released. That's a, that's that is an event, but it's like did someone was someone able to get out on their porch and enjoy the sun? Was someone able to, you know, feel that they had a certain degree of personal freedom and be able to brush your teeth because of something you did to help them? And uh, you know, when you when you look at it in in terms of micro events, uh, I, I can only imagine there's just there's there's wins every single day, multiple wins that you get to celebrate with 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 these families. Yes, and I just want to mention like. Lisa Briscoe from Curiosity, she approached us. So she's been working closely with us on our turning Betty's Run and our walks into virtual events. I mean, this, this, we were caught, you know, I mean, we're caught off guard, but she, she's been amazing, her whole company and their team. And so we've partnered with them on um, looking at, we, we call it seize the day, but it's really talking about what are those little things every day that bring happiness or, or inspire us, or just give us an overall sense of, of goodness in our everyday life. And, you know, we thought that it would be great if people could just share that leading up mm -hmm. to, you know, 14 days before Betty's run, we made the announcement yesterday and we're just asking people to, share those little things that make it maybe it's having a nice glass of wine with you know somebody you love dearly maybe it's just having um you know baking cookies with somebody maybe it's just basically mm -hmm. sitting out in your garden and so um we're really excited and it it really speaks to the, the the grassroots of our community and i think in spite of everything that's happening in our world because there's so much happening right now that is just taking so much energy from us is that how can we go back to what brings joy to all of us and so we're asking people to share. And um, if they can, we've got a hashtag, it's Seize the Day 4, 4 is the number, ALS, and tagging us at ALS Alberta. And we just want people to share that. And we're excited to see what sort of things our community will share with us. And the thing is, now it's you can... You can do it from anywhere in the world. So <laughs> yes, there's no. Yeah, I, I appreciate. Like, well, let's take what could be perceived as a limitation and go. Well, we just we just removed our borders. There's no borders anymore. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
Exactly. You know, never, and, and we've, you know, I've had a few guests on that have talked about it this way. Like never have we been in it together. Like we are now, like, you know, we're all riding around on this, this blue sphere, you know, hurtling through the universe. If <laughs> we go really, really, really macro on it, but you know, this, this COVID situation that's happened, it's really brought us all, you know, kind of brought us all to our knees, unfortunately at the same time. And to be able to come back out of this with lessons learned and, and, you know, as we got off the treadmill, as you and yes. I joked before, for a few minutes and go, you know what? Like smell like I have a few minutes more to smell the roses in a very different way than I did before. And I never like to waste any experience. And no. what can we bring for that bring bring out of this? And something like seize the day, like the the underpinning, like the the message that it supports of like, hey, take it, take the time to appreciate those little yes. amazing moments in your day. And oh, by the way, this also relates to this this group of individuals that we help. I, I, I just it, you can't go wrong in my mind. Right. <laughs> like, there's nothing about this that isn't a great idea. No, and the ALS community is such a resilient group of individuals that so always wanting to sh share with others or support each other. So this was perfect, and I think. That it, it, it really gives that opportunity if somebody wants to share they can most certainly and it it doesn't have to be you know it's just what are those little things that we that i think we're we've come back to now tyler through this whole COVID. i think yeah, it's I really come it. back to you know the, the the things that are important and make a difference in our lives like having dinner with your family every night versus running all around town to make sure you went <laughs> you went to as many events as humanly possible like, <laughs> i know and, and it wasn't it wasn't wrong but Whenever you have a chance to relook at things, don't miss that opportunity. No, exactly. But, you know, we do miss the face-to-face. -face. I mean, I, I, I can't, um, I would be remiss if I said, I, I sure, I really miss meeting with our volunteers. I mean, miss that interaction, but I'm loving the connection with people for sure. No, we, I feel very fortunate that technology is at the level that it's at, that it was, you know, very seamless to be able to all of a sudden, you know, work from home, yeah. still connect with people. I almost, I connect with some people differently or almost more than I did before. Cause I default to maybe chatting with the person in the office beside me where now that person could be in Toronto and I'll, ch I'll have a chat with them online. No, no different than as if they were down the hall. So I also, you know, try to take as much, you know, I dig for the positives where, where wherever I can. And so from you guys, from, um, from a fundraising perspective, and I, I, I hate to go back to the logistics of this, but it's very real because things like like motorized wheelchairs, they, they, it takes funds. So has, in terms of, I know you're doing this challenge leading up to the run, I know that the summer of this period is kind of the biggest time for you from a fundraising perspective. It, do you foresee that being a challenge? Are people just contributing in different, in different ways? Because of course, I'm concerned that if you aren't able to get the funding that you need, that you can't help those 423 you know families in Alberta with those 1,600 pieces of equipment. It, it's there's right. still a real logistics because it's there's still the business of helping people behind the scenes. Yes, and, and June is ALS Awareness Month, so it is our biggest month for fundraising um, for our program. So for our, our client services program and our equipment program, you know we raised roughly probably close to half of our budget in the month of June with all of our events because we have nine walks and Betty's run, and then we have. Um, probably about 25 other events that community people from the community host for us. So, you know, we are, um, we're trying to plan mindfully. We're going to see how this uh, come, how we come out of this. Um, and it's, it's planning. Honestly, it is day by day and week by week. Uh, we are in the same position as other charities. Um, however, I think for us, it's just, it, it is that weekly planning. I mean, this is what COVID is for everyone, right? You plan week by week. And um, the other piece we have, you know, we've had some, our sponsors all came through. You know, I must say, 
when COVID hit and I contacted all the sponsors and I said, you know, we're going to go virtual. Not one sponsor missed a beat. Not one sponsor said we want to change. They made the commitment and they continued. And and that says a lot for, I think, our, our community in Alberta and the many sponsors that we have that that says a lot because all of those companies are going through their own challenges right now. Yeah. There's nobody that, you know, I'm looking at your, your 2020 Betty's run and curiosity, global Calgary, kid co your sweet honey farm. I'm calling them out because I think people need to be praised for supporting, you know, 77 CSUR country 105 Q107. I'm sure there's a million, you know, I, a million, hundreds of volunteers yeah. behind the scenes, but yeah. I, I, that's a really good story because you know, let's be honest as a business leader through this, sometimes oh. it's easy just to pause everything and just go, Oh, you know, I'm not sure. So you're not wrong to say, wait and see, yeah. but for when companies go, you know what? No, this is still important to us no matter what. And yeah. we will be here for the long run as a supporter. I think that's great to call them out. And this is, and I've heard this time and time again, and like, Calgary is a fantastic Calgary and Alberta. I'm not going to limit our limit us to Calgary. Alberta is just a fantastic place for philanthropy, uh, volunteerism, uh, just people like this, this province really does come together. And I've heard that time and time again from, you know, no matter what non-for-profit I happen to work with, they're like, Oh man, like we we do better than we, not better, but some of our counterparts in other provinces have challenges that maybe we don't have because of the level of success, wealth, and abundance that there has been in Alberta for many, many years. I know we're all dealing with some challenges now, but you know, being generous is a habit and it's a, it's, it's a good habit. (laughs) Oh, and it's amazing. You know, when we are reaching out, when we reach out to families, often, you know, people are asking how we're doing and we're going, well, we're doing okay. How are you doing? (laughs) Right. You know, like it's always, how are you doing? It's like, oh oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh, what an interesting network. And so I'm just, just curious of the logistics around it, which is maybe just my own curiosity. How does like the ALS Society of Alberta relate to the ALS Society of or ALS Canada? I'm just oh. on their website. And oh, again, yeah. do you guys oper- operate autonomously? Is there an overarching? I'm just always curious how it always works when there's a federal and a kind of a prov- or a national and then a, a provincial approach. Yeah, I think that's a great question. We are uh, all independent organizations. So ALS Canada is its own entity as well as we are, as well as all the provincial societies. Um, in our case, it's a little bit different. We actually fund ALS Canada and their research program. So all of the provincial societies actually fund their program. It's not where sometimes organizations where the the um, an overarching group will fund the provinces, but actually we fund the ALS oh, Canada research. I'm, oh, I'm, program. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad I asked because it would to be easy. I would have made the top down assumption. Yeah. Not not no. that I don't want to call it bottom up, but you know what no. I mean. <laughs> no, and we we do so. We fund the research program. We're really proud to do that. Um, we Alberta has been one of the strongest funders per capita across the country. And oh, that makes me proud. I love. Oh. I was I, I was getting around that. I was hoping that was going to be the truth. <laughs> Thanks you for saying that. And we and and you know. Um, are the researchers in Alberta, the two clinics are the most amazing uh, researchers that have actually developed research projects or clinical trials that they've rolled out internationally. So um, I think that we can honestly say that we are very fortunate in Alberta to have the skill and ability and the amazing researchers here. And I'll tell you the first ever, the the, um, CNDR, it was the first ever ever national registry in Canada was developed by Dr. Lawrence Corngut out of the University of Calgary and out of the ALS clinic. So, I mean, these are some pretty significant milestones in ALS that, um, that are happening right out of Alberta, but, you know, we're proud to fund ALS Canada's research program. And, um, uh, I think all the provinces definitely we come together and that's what we want to do. We don't want to duplicate supports and services, but we, uh, we also want to fund, um, 
you know, groundbreaking research. That makes me so proud to hear one that Alberta is such a leader, yeah. but also, you know, I have another podcast called Collisions YYC, specifically where we talk about to different innovators, business leaders, uh, uh, education to understand what's going on in Alberta, because I think sometimes we don't know, yeah. you know, we have this overarching oil and gas story that we all know is a little darker yeah. now than we, than we would all like, yeah. but to hear you talk about some of this cutting edge research globally, that's coming out of Alberta. Uh -huh. Those are those, those are the positive stories that go on here that I think we all need to hear because it just, it just raises that provincial pride that we are in. And I say this complimentary we're we're not just an oil and gas or an energy no. town, that there's no. so much more that goes on that I would argue a lot of it is in place because of the, the financial benefits that the oil and gas industry has created to be right. able to have money for these things, which I, I know nothing, no, none of us live on an Island. Right. We're all part of this community together. So yeah. it's interesting. It makes me very proud to hear that there's oh, yeah. such a leadership position that Alberta has yeah. taken in supporting it and supporting it. I know. And there's many pockets of it, but yeah. to understand it from an ALS perspective, that's uh, that's, it's just, it's uplifting news over across the board. It yeah. is most certainly. And, and I think Alberta should be extremely proud. And we've been sharing that with people is that please be proud that you are one of the strongest supporters of, of ALS research uh, here in Alberta and, and across Canada. Oh, that's uh, warm. Karen, this is such a great, I got to have a conversation with you every morning around this time. Just puts my day in the right place. Makes me feel very generous and positive. It's great. So when you think about Betty's run coming up, what, what can people do to get involved? Like let's, let's talk about the nuts and bolts. It's, it's, it's summer. We want to get outside. Yeah. We want to seize the day. Yeah. Betty's run has been 24 years, which is an amazing. It's, and you mentioned it to anybody who's a longtime Calgarian, like yeah. it's got some weight behind it. People yeah. know what it's about. Yeah. And it was all started by, you know, uh, Betty Norman and her friends. That was 24 years ago. And and since that time, we have had hundreds, probably thousands of families that have become a part of Betty's Run and have been a part since the beginning. So it's a real community event. Um, we've had we've moved it into a virtual event. So people will actually end up um, participating. They can do it from wherever they want. They can do it from home. They can go on their treadmill. They can go outside for a walk. They can go for a hike. And all we ask that you share that through our social media. Um, I would encourage people to go to bettysrun.ca because there you can register. You can register yourself. You can register a team. You can fundraise if you want, and you can share your story. And I think that's the main thing. We want people to be able to be connected. And, and like, I think I shared with you, we have an individual that she used to be on our Betty's Run Committee. She moved to Scotland and she's actually so excited she can participate this year. I love the yeah, support and participation without borders. I exactly. do love the, the positive side effects of, of this situation and what technology is enabled. You don't have to, you don't have to be there to, to, to be there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we're just encouraging people to participate and, and we're also asking people if they want to send in their videos and share their videos and the video could be of the actual day of when they participate um, during the day, actually we will have kind of a start time and okay. during the start time, we have some speeches, we have some guest speakers, we have somebody that's going to welcome everyone from our board of directors. They're an amazing group of people. They're all volunteers that give up their time and uh, expertise to lead our organization. And we're going to have Mayor Nenshi here in Calgary. And we have, um, I think we just confirmed John Ward Hannum. If you get a chance, he's an amazing artist that supports us throughout the year. And um, we have other individuals that will be closing kind of the day. And we have some of our sponsors that we're going to ask if they want to also become involved and share their story why they became involved with us. 
Oh, that's okay. So, so it's virtual, but there's, it's still an event. There's still happenings. There's things that people can follow along online. Okay. That's, uh, I appreciate the creativity and, you know, obviously working with Lisa and her team oh. at Curiosity to go, okay, well that door is not like, that's the path we've taken before, but oh like you God. said, being adaptable and, and when, you know, a need comes up, it's already, it's already a need. It's not a need a week from now. It's a need now. And I appreciate that you guys have pivoted and, and been adaptable as, as we've all have. And some organizations thrive in that and some are challenged by it, but challenge accepted. That's what I'm hearing loud and clear from you exactly. guys. Exactly. <laughs> and honestly, Lisa has been an angel. <laughs> so she, she is. I will, yes, I will. I will sing her praises all, all day long as well. Um, and so the, hash, the hashtag leading up to is seize the, seize the day for the number four ALS. ALS. Karen, what are, what are you doing to, I haven't done my seize the day post yesterday was, was an espresso in my grandmother's China cup posted <laughs> oh. on the, on the patio with the view oh. in the back. I thought it was, I thought it was, but it was like, oh, this doesn't seem like it, but you know what? I love this moment. So I put, I put it up. I haven't done what today yet. It's on my agenda. What about you? What have you got on your, on your list for today? I have, I, I, I am trying to do it today or get it done tomorrow is with our, uh, we have a new member of our family that will be participating in her first her very first Betty's run. So I want to seize the day with her and her little t-shirt. Oh, that's fantastic. Nice. Well, and I understand I, I had, I had somebody, well, I won't lie. It was Lisa told me <laughs> that, that I, that if I ever have a chance to come to your office, because you literally have photos of all of the families and everyone that you've supported, uh, like literally like wallpapering your office. <laughs> is what I've so yeah. I think you should put a, I think putting a, I'm, this is my, this is my encouragement. I think you should put a picture of that up because uh, seizing that and living that every day and then showing how much you care about these people, that's, yeah. you should be celebrated for that. Karen. Oh, most certainly. Actually, that's such a, I, you know, I, I have them all over in, in parts of my office and it's, it's where uh, it's, it's being able to spend time that I've had the opportunity to spend time with families at the flames game because Michael and Frida Backlund support us and uh, oh, they actually invite people. So I have all these photos and you know, that's such a great idea. I, I see it every day and I appreciate it every day, but thank you for that. The great reminder. Well, Lisa told me about it when she was giving me the, you know, you need to meet Karen. She's oh. great. She described that. So I have this picture in my mind, in my mind's eye of you. So I'd love to, I, this is selfishly now, I'd love to see it in in, in real life, which yes. after after COVID, we get back to normal, I'm going to come by for a visit. But in the meantime, I'd love to see it on Instagram. Oh, great. And um, the other thing, I just, I forgot to mention that um, Catherine Gardner is our ambassador for Betty's Run. Catherine's okay. story is on bettysrun.ca if I if people would like to read her uh, personal story as well. And we're hoping that we can do a video with her. But uh, we'd love for you to read Catherine's story. She's uh, an amazing individual that stepped up to say, I can be your ambassador for this year. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, you have so many people. Well, it's, I, lo I love Calgary and Calgary's. I, I'm I, Catherine Gardner is a friend of mine and I didn't know she was involved and I oh. met her through someone like over the last couple of years. So I'm going to reach out to her right after this and say that she came up in the pod. Catherine's a fantastic lady. I love her energy. So she used to grab, we used to do coffees back before the COVID world and I haven't really? chatted with Catherine forever. So oh I'm really gosh. glad you brought it up. Because as you say, Catherine, I'm like, wait, is that the Catherine Gardner I know? And yes, it is. Oh, oh my God. Sm small town Calgary strikes again. <laughs> Uh, Karen, thank you so much for taking your time today, your honesty. Well, more importantly, thank you for the work you do to support the ALS Society of Alberta being what, you know, I think you just represent what Alberta means to me of people uh -huh. being active with their community, caring, getting out there and living your dream job. I love, I love that you said that. I think we could all be so, we I hope that we can all be so lucky yeah. to work in a job that every day we can say that 13 years later, we're doing our dream job. That, that's, a, that's an amazing, that, that, that little, boom, there's, there's your t-shirt. It's my dream job. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Tyler, thank you so much for your support of uh, getting the word out there for us. Um, greatly appreciate it. 
It is absolutely my pleasure. And, you know, I always joke selfishly. I do these, I have these interviews, do these conversations because I'm the audience. I'm the first audience. And I learned so much today about something that I knew about on the peripheral, but I didn't really know. And I didn't understand necessarily the breath. And I knew that it was not a very, it was a very unkind disease of what happens to individuals, but I just didn't really understand. And to hear that there is such a strong support network in Alberta, it gives me hope that these people are being supported, you know, as much as, you know, as much quality as possible, which is I hear is what you guys, is what the Ellis Society is all about. On, th on that note, I will leave everyone to go contemplate what their sees, sees the day for ALS post is going to be on their Instagram. <laughs> Great. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. It was my pleasure. Hello, and thank you for listening to today's episode. I'm your host, Tyler Chisholm. I want to let you in on a little secret. I absolutely love doing these podcasts. The learning, the people, the curiosity, the insights, the, the wow factor of meeting people that I thought I knew and learning their deeper stories really proves the value of what happens when you take the time to be curious and actually care enough to ask. With that, I'm looking for your feedback. I'm looking for your input. I'm looking for what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, where you'd like to see it headed in terms of guests, in terms of questions, a little bit deeper, please feel free to share. We'd love to get your feedback. Visit us on iTunes, it's on Spotify. Give us your review. Give us your five stars if you feel so inclined, but more importantly, give us your feedback. Give us your input on what you want to hear on future shows and we will absolutely incorporate it. Thank you again for listening and have an awesome day.